Praise God. So my wife said, I thought you were done with this. And I said, well, I, I'm not yet. So we're going to talk about connecting a little bit more. I think there's just, man, we, we have to, where you're connected is, 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 is where your safety is. You know, I, I just want to comment too. Um, uh, I got to go be with my mom this last week. She had a birthday on Friday. And um, just really had a good time. You know, sometimes when the whole family is there, it's like everybody else is in the way, you know. But I got to be with them just by myself some. Just sit down and talk with mom and dad, you know. And, 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 it, and it was great. And there's something about that. It's like home, you know. You just feel like you're at home, right? <laughs> um, but there is, a, there, is, there is this sense of where, the, where, where our home is. And that's the sense that I had here this morning is, is, this, is this is where we have our home. Amen? And, um, and God has a purpose for our life in this. But connecting. And it's so important to, to have this connection in the spirit. You know, we, we talked about this, I believe it was last week. We were talking about being connected in the spirit, right? And that when you pray... You're actually connecting with the body of Christ in the spirit when you pray in the spirit. And we don't know what we're praying for sometimes. And so my dad was telling me when we were up there, he's, there's this lady in uh, the Ukraine that posts on Facebook every day some things that are taking place because she can see it firsthand. The stuff you will not hear on the mainstream media. <laughs> But she said, your prayers are effective. She said that the Russians were, were, they had planned an attack with paratroopers. And they were going to come in and they were going to land inside Ukraine. And I don't know what the exact location was. And they were going to, at the same time, they were going to advance with ships and come in from the, from the coast. And they were going to advance and do that. And you know what she said? That at that very time, that a wind came up like never before. And the paratroopers, when they went to come down, the wind blew them back over the, the border. Anybody hear that? Anybody hear that story? No, you heard it here because you're connected here, right? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And the wind was so strong that the ships couldn't advance to the shore. It messed up the whole thing. You know, we, we, don't, we don't have to come up with what it is. We just get in the spirit. Amen. And because we're connected to the body of Christ, you know, there's a lot of really cool stuff going on over there. And I believe, I believe some people are inspired by the Spirit to, to do some leadership things, you know. And we just join in the Spirit. We, we do not have to get troubled. You know, today there's all kinds of stuff we could get upset about in there, right? If you're connected to it, you will. You'll be upset if you're connected to that. But this earth is not my home. You know, if you don't care about something, you know, how, how many care, care about wasps? You care about wasps. I don't care about wasps. I like to kill them. <laughs> you know, the enemy comes at us. He's, 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 he's the Lord of the flies, you know. I really don't care about him. I'm not impressed. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Amen. And no weapon formed against me will prosper. So why should I worry? <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, giving you how old I am a little bit, but there was a wonderful song back in the 70s. Why should I worry? Why should I fret? Because I've got a mansion builder. Who ain't through with me yet. Why should I worry? Anyway, as the second chapter of Acts. Oh, wonderful stuff. We don't need to worry. Amen? Because we're connected to something that is eternal. You can take away all this stuff. Go ahead and take it away. Just, you're not going to impress me. Because my treasures are elsewhere. Amen? When you get that kind of mindset, and that's what we get in him. Then we can dominate all the other stuff. Because we're not under it. It's hard to dominate something that you're under. <laughs> you really have to be over it, amen? All right, I didn't mean to give you all that, I, but, but, but 
But it is so important, and this is what I want to talk about today. And it's interesting because we actually prayed about this this morning when we were praying. Is it's not enough to be more than a conqueror. It's not enough to have everything that we need for life and godliness without a plan to do something with it. Right? So, I just... um, I know we had, uh, we were having rehearsal this morning. We've been talking about, there's some basketball going on right now. And, and Laura says, what sport is, are y'all talking about? She's not, she's not aware of it at all. It's like, you know, if, if you're not into it, if you're not connected to it, it just really doesn't make any difference to you. But, but there, there's, there's a Cinderella story going on in the NCAA playoffs right now. And it's, it's, it's a neat story. Um, because there's this small school out in New Jersey, uh, Catholic school, St. Peter's. They only have 2,000, what is it, buddy, 2,300 people in their college. And they're going up against these massive schools. And uh, so I had a long layover in Dallas, so I got to watch their game uh, on Friday. And they were going up against this team that had a seven foot four center. Now, he looked like he was way above everybody else, but there was a lot of other big guys on their team too. And when this, when this St. Peter's are coming up against him, <laughs> there's this little guy defending this seven foot four guy, and he's, he's like eight, eight inches at least, right? Tallest St. Peter's guy was six seven. So you've got, what is that? Um, Five plus four, nine inches, right? Is that right? Nine inches. And so you see him, and he looks like a little kid. That'd be like, you know, Braden trying to defend. Well, not quite that much. But, but you know what I mean? It's like this is David and Goliath going on. And what was so cool about these guys, and in, in, they're going to be playing today too, but um, what's so cool about them is they are like David. It's almost like, I see your size, I see what you can do, but you haven't met me yet and what I'm connected to. Oh, that was a little bit of a rhymage there, wasn't it? (laughs) That just happened. That must have been the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Little Dr. Seuss. (laughs) But really, what what you are connected to is is so important. But where did they get that? Because there's a bunch. They're they're great players. In fact, one of them has a stash that's become the the uh, icon for the, everybody in the stands. Have this stick on stashes now. He's a little skinny guy, but he can drain the three pointers. You know, it's a you, you create something. And these guys are great on their own, but they are nothing. Without their coach. Because when you see them play, they are not playing for themselves. Man, you see teamwork like, that's amazing. And even on defense, you can see somebody is telling them what to do. Because they are coordinated. They are connected. Man, they are running up and down the field or the court field there you go anyway so what i want to look at today though is is it you know we have to be connected together we have to be on a team we cannot make it on our own but you know what i think the church sometimes is 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 in peril because all they're about is getting together and we need the direction of the holy spirit we need a coach we need to listen to the coach no matter what else is going on. Amen? Because we need a plan that's an eternal plan, not a temporal one. Amen? So, what I want to look at today, and I'm, I've got three parts to this. Are you good? Are you excited? Are you, say, woohoo! There, there, okay. All right, so, so I want to talk about the connected way there is a way to overcome every goliath there is a a way to overcome every trial that comes our way but it will be 
with the complete abandonment of our own ideas, our own decisions. Amen? Oh, man, I just got to use another football example. <laughs> Some of these players, we got a new, we've got a new quarterback coming to the Broncos, so Hunter is all excited about this. Okay, we're excited together. All right. <laughs> but they, so, but, but this guy, I mean, he's great. In, he's won a Super Bowl already, you know, and he's, he's like a great player already. But you hear him come in, and he says, all I'm here to do is win. It's not about me. I'm here to win. And so what he's going to have to do, he's going to have to let go of any kind of ideas of what he thinks needs to be done. Now they might let him have a suggestion or two, you know. But what he's going to have to do, he's going to have somebody that doesn't look literally as athletic as him telling him what to do. And if he does not listen to the direction he's given, not only will they not win, but they will look really bad. Why? Because it requires this coordination that only comes from a coach. So we're happy because we have a new coach too and we're thinking that's going to be a good thing too because we have had some bad coaches. <laughs> so <laughs> there's three parts of this connected way that I want to look at. And, and, and there, there needs to be, any time you're going to have a place that you're going to go to, and, and we've already said that this morning, we're passing through. But in order to get to a destination, it has to be your goal. So this coach for this little basketball team, what he's telling them is we are going to win. We, on the, on the other side of this competition, we're going to be the winners. You know what? He spends so much talk, time talking about that, and he likes to also point out that nobody thinks we can do this, but we're going to do it. What does he do? He paints the picture of where they're going. And you keep that in your focus. Some silly giant gets in your way. He's just something to beat on the way because you already know you're going to win. Does that make sense? Amen. So first of all, we have to have a destination. You have the coach first of all has to say, here's how we're going, here's where we're going to go. And then we need to do something about preparing for that. So there needs to be preparation. Now, you don't just have a plan. You have some devotion to every player's going to have to take care of who they are. It's amazing some of these best players, what, they'll spend millions of dollars to keep their bodies in shape. Why? Because <laughs> it doesn't matter how good they are, what their potential is, they ain't going anywhere without their body. <laughs> There's got, their body has to be in shape, has to be awake, cannot be drunk, cannot be high, right? <laughs> cannot be diseased. It has to be ready to even go out there and do anything. It has to be prepared, just the body itself. So the coach is going to make sure these things are being done too. They have ways of doing that. Okay, And then once you are prepared, you know, some... All we see the coach doing is standing on the sidelines going like this and shouting at the referees, you know, and... and but he coached a long time before he got on the sidelines. He was doing something to make sure that these guys, first of all, were prepared. They weren't just stuck on themselves. Their bodies were healthy. One thing you notice about these guys running around is they are conditioned like no other team. They start right when they pass in the ball. They're all over them. And they're running continually, especially this guard. I mean, he's just running all the time. I'm thinking, you know what? He might be a really wonderful guy, and he's probably that way, but the coach made sure that they were ready conditioned-wise, okay? But then, once you get all this preparation done, they go, through, they go through plays ahead of time. So when they get out there, they're not saying, okay, what are we going to do now? No, they've already been conditioned. They've already practiced, but then there has to be dedication to the process. And that was one phrase that I really enjoyed uh, about this new player that we had at the Broncos. 
They did a video of him. He came, he coming into the place and he says, it's all about the process. It's all about the process. It's all about being faithful to what I've been given to do. All right, we have a military guy that's liking this because, I don't know. That's kind of what happens with it in the military, I believe. You know, you better be dedicated to what you are given to do and not just come up and say, I think I have a better way, right? All right. Enough of the preliminaries. Let's dive in, okay? So the first thing here is destination. And, and in John 14, 1, <clears throat> there's a lot of trouble in the world around us. And it will affect us until our vision is on our destination. So, so John here says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Isn't it amazing how something is, is phenomenal of, as this, he just talks about briefly. Now, I know there's some other passages that are related to this, but you know what? This is actually the core of where our direction be, can be given. So many times we come to God and our direction is about something in this life. God, help me to accomplish this. Help me to overcome this. Help me to do this. And he's saying, hey, there's something much better for you to be going to that when you get your focus on it, everything else will line up. Amen? He says, let not your heart be troubled. Why would your heart be troubled? Because there's some obstacles in your way on this earth. Right? And your heart's going to be troubled unless you're listening to your coach and your vision is where he says you're going to be. Amen? Far above those things. I go to prepare a place for you. This is reality. <laughs> and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Sometimes when I read that, I say, I do. <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if you relate to that. But, but no, he says, you have inside of you a knowing. Amen? I'm going to prepare a place for you. Man, this, this reality, uh, it needs to be strong in us right now. <sighs> that this Jesus that we've been worshiping this morning, he's our destination. He's not just a supplement to our life. He's our, he's our ultimate. Amen? And if we don't care enough about him to give him some praise now or lift up our hands and worship him right now, we're not going to be prepared. If you don't care enough to do some laps now, you're not going to last. When the game gets started, you're going to be sucking air and asking for the coach to get out. Right? You know, we, we want to have the power of God in our life to overcome things in this earth, right? But he's saying, you know what? If you're going to overcome something here, you better be looking beyond that. You better be looking to the destination you're going to. Because from that, you're going to get your motivation to do what you need to be prepared. This is critical. This is for us as Christians. You know what? He said he's coming for those who are ready. He's not just coming for anybody. Now, I don't know how this works out because I'm grateful for grace. But grace enables you to be holy and prepared. It doesn't disable you and say, no, you can eat Snickers and sit on the couch and watch whatever you want to watch. And you're just going to be amazingly an overcomer. No weapon will be formed against you. Who's that talking about? Somebody who doesn't even care to see Jesus? Or somebody who's passionate about him. Amen? <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm not done here. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. That was me. You know, I was like, I don't know. And how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way. Sometimes we want to know so many of them. We want to know all the details. And he says, what about me? Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know what? Our Father is an amazing Father, and he has done so much 
not just to provide for all of our needs, but for us to know him. Amen? Faith isn't just believing for stuff. It's knowing him. Amen? <laughs> okay. So God's plan is freedom and prosperity. He says, I have a plan for you. I have a destination for you. I'm the best coach you're ever going to get. <laughs> you might want to keep me. That's the sad thing about this coach on this small team. They ain't going to keep him after he's doing so good. He's going to go on. Aren't you glad God doesn't just give up on us? He stays there. He's with us. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 11. We're familiar with this, but man, this is so real. This is who we're, this is who we're talking about to when we're talking to God. He said, you get me, you get my plans. You get what I'm thinking about. You know what? I, well, let me not get ahead of myself. All right. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. This is talking about where we're going, isn't it? This is God's thoughts. This is his ways. Amen? So first of all, what we have to get is that God has a place for us that's beyond here. Resurrection means something not just for Jesus, but for me. Amen? And now my hope is adjusted. Now for everything in my life, my hope is adjusted. Amen? And I can be like Braden. I can feel better now. Aren't you glad? You know, there's, this, there's, there's something that says that faith is the substance of things hoped for. Sometimes I, 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 substance. Sometimes I want something now. It's that thing that you get right now when there's peace, when there's rest. When you're freed from the worry and you know that you have. Yeah. Amen? Yeah, you have a future and a hope. When you get your destination in the right place. Amen? All right. So what is the preparation? This is kind of critical. And I, 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 man, let's take this to heart. Because we have to be ready. <laughs> I don't know. God's just really been speaking this to me. Maybe it's some of our reading. And, and I encourage you. Connect with us in the Bible reading. Hopefully you can, if you want to comment, <laughs> put in the, even in the title now. Tap on the title. And then you can see the comments and you can comment also. But Connect with us in this because let's be growing together. Let's be hearing each other's thoughts. And, and if you have a good thought, let's share it with somebody. Amen? Uh, so this preparation side. I do not want to just click off that I'm ready just because I know a scripture. I believe there's a lot more to it. If we really know, if we are really consecrated to God, if we've really become, uh, and, I, and I don't, I don't want to discount, I don't want to judge, but if we've really become a new creation, it should change everything about us. Yes. Amen? Yes. It shouldn't be something where, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I, I don't want the world to be offended by me, so I'm not going to act in, you know. You know. No, it should change everything about us because we become a new creation that is joined, is connected, that is one with the great almighty God. And he is holy and he's uncompromising in his holiness. Amen? <laughs> so it's impossible to be connected to him without being prepared by him. Amen? So preparation, let's look at this. With rested hope in his coming, there will be holiness. Now, I, I don't want to just come against things that we're doing. You know, I, I don't think God's really impressed by any sin that we have, no, how, no matter how great it is. What, he's, what he doesn't like about sin is what it does between us and him. There goes Dr. Seuss again. He doesn't like the disconnect. Yeah, right. Because whether or not you believe that you're forgiven or not, every time we step out of holiness, our own heart condemns us. Yeah. And it creates this little division between us and God. And what the enemy wants us to do is feel like we have to fix ourselves before we go back to him. 
And most of the time, we succumb to that suggestion. We stay away, right? And that's what God hates. So what I want more than anything else is for us to be together. But when we are together, there will be evidence of it. There will be, you will be able to see it. So what I really like about this verse though is it transitions from destination to preparation. Because once you get your destination in the right place, it will change about what you're doing with yourself. You know, I started something, my brother and I, I got to see my brother up in, in Buena Vista. And we went out to this, uh, they have these hot springs. And man, this, they have three uh, uh, pools in, in, in succession. The first one's like hot, like you cannot hardly stand it hot. Um, and then it overflows into the next one. So each one gets a little bit cooler. And it's, it's a lot of fun. My, my uh, sister-in-law actually teaches a class there in the, in the big pool. And they'll put these um, bicycles down in, and elderly people will get in there and stuff. Anyway, so we could not help but notice each other's physiques. <laughs> and we have all kinds of reasons, you know. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I told him, I said, I won't tell you how much it is, but I have this goal in mind that I keep saying over myself. And he said, oh, yeah, that's a good one. And he said, uh, why don't we do it together? So I go and I find this app. Of, we have these watches, you know, that are the same, you know. And, and these watches, you know, they count all your steps. And, they, and so now there's a competition going on. And my wife brought me in this sandwich this morning. And she said, uh, I, said I said, I can't eat that. Scott's not eating that. <laughs> Preparation. You cannot just eat whatever you want to eat and expect to have a different result. Amen? There's going to be some adjustments made. You know, my, my, my son is, is on the other spectrum of this. He's big because they're muscles. But there, there is something that's going to change if you're wanting to get to a destination. You're going to start making some changes in your life to make sure that you're prepared. Amen? Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Now, that's kind of a weird thing right there, isn't it? But, but they would actually, they wore long clothes back then. And if you're going to want to run, you're going to have to lift up anything that would keep you from going easily. It's kind of like these guys with the pants down half, halfway down their bottom. It's like, man, they better not need to take off running very fast because they're going to get caught. Right? Because you can't have that kind of a thing going on in your life. You know, we might not like somebody with the pants halfway down their bottom, but there's stuff in our life that is holding us back that we need to say, you know, man, hitch up those pants. Gird up your loins. Amen? Of your mind. It's going to be in your mind. And we've been given this, right? Quit looking at this stuff around us. Look up. Your redemption draws nigh. Amen? Be sober. Don't be intoxicated with the world. You cannot expect to, to, to drive straight, let alone get to heaven, if we're intoxicated by the world. Amen? If, if, we're, not, if we're intoxicated by spirits of this world, we're not going to be able to listen to the spirit of the one to come. Amen? And rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus. Isn't that cool? So what is the purpose of this grace? It's going to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts, as in your ignorance... But as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. You cannot be connected to a holy God and not get some holiness osmosis. Right? And he's not doing it in a judgmental way. He's saying, no. Holiness is a good thing. It cleans you up. How much holiness do you need in an engine to run? We have a mechanic here. An upper echelon mechanic. 
He knows how to take them apart. But you don't take them apart in the sandlot with a bunch of dust blowing. Do you? No, you need a clean place. You don't let any, any little, little substance gets in there. Why? Oh, but you're just being, you're just being, you know, prudish. You want an engine with no dirt in it? Oh, that's prudish. Don't you want to have fun? That's a pretty good correlation, isn't it? And God's saying, you know what? For you to run as you're created to run, you need holiness. You need cleanliness. Be holy because I am holy. And I need you to be connected to me. And you can't be without being holy. Amen? This is the preparation that God is looking. He's coming back for a spotless church. <laughs> a church without spot or wrinkle. Amen? All right. Needs, you want some more preparation? <laughs> so Isaiah 35.8. His way is a way of holiness. And a highway will be there. Okay, we're looking at, high, at a way. If we're going to connect to the way that God's given us, we get a destination, and then he gives us the way to get there. <laughs> Man, I, I try running when I go up to mom and dad's. They live at 9,500 feet elevation. And so I run on the downhills. And then, then I walk going back up. <laughs> Why? Because I'm not prepared for that altitude. And I'm kind of not prepared in some other ways, too. I'm looking forward to when my brother and I read our, reach our goal, you know. It'll be a lot easier. Why? Because you get rid of some of these weights, and now you're enabled. There is a highway will be there. It will be called the way of what? Halfwayness? Compromise? Familiarity with the world? No. If we want to go somewhere that's beyond here, we got to let go of what's here (laughs) and look like we're wanting to go somewhere else. Amen? Amen. It will be for those who walk on that way. Now, here's the thing about it. The Holy Spirit, God's already done everything we need by grace, but we have to choose it. He's not going to make us choose it. You know, you can't make anybody do something that they really don't want to do. Well, you can make them do it. But until they do it with their heart, they're not really doing it. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. Now, I don't mean to be personal or anything, but there's a bunch of non-sensory going on that just doesn't even make a lick of sense that we could just slap a label of foolish on it. Wouldn't you do that together with me? Because that's what happens whenever you start to depart from what God says about things. About life. About how he's made us. Amen. (laughs) And the wonderful thing about it, he's he's not trying to detract from any identity. He's trying to enable it. And when you start to try to to go from that yourself, all you're doing is, okay, I didn't mean to meddle. Okay. Right? But that's part of holiness, saying, God, how have you made me to be? Help me to be the full representation of how you've designed for me to be. I don't want to try to divert and say I'm something. You messed up on me. Or somebody that doesn't look like me cannot, can keep me from being everything you've said I can be. I'm not even going to go there. Amen? I don't care what I look like naturally. I am fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of my God. Amen? Isn't it wonderful we get this from the word of God? This is real. All right, Luke 13. Preparation for our destination is driven by both rewards and consequences. You know what? I used to hear a lot more hellfire and brimstone when I was growing up. You know? And, and there is a place for that. You know, I, Buddy might be able to do this, but I, I am, I'm afraid of what's going to happen to me if I go 150. I have a fear of that. I've seen vehicles planted into a, a, an overpass <laughs> pylon, you know. So I, 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 I don't want to, there's certain things where there is 
a healthy fear that will cause you to align yourself in the preparation that's necessary for you to even get to your destination. Amen? Sometimes if you want to get there, like my wife tells me when we're driving together, you might want to slow down. God might do that for us, amen? He might say, you know, you might want to, okay. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I say to you, will seek to enter and not be able. That doesn't sound very grace-filled, wonderful Jesus, what would Jesus do kind of a person, does it? Now he's saying, if you're wanting to find the way to go, don't start taking polls. Don't start finding out what the world has to say about it or whatever. Don't get your opinion about what your destination or how to get there is going to be from somewhere besides me. Boy, Dr. Seuss is helping me out today. Okay. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door... And you begin to stand outside and knock at the door saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know you. Where are you from? Oh, And everybody says, stop right there, stop right there. No, we're going on. Then you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence. And you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you. Where you are from. Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I believe I counted seven places where it says that. When you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out, they will come from the east and the west, from the north and the south, and sit down in the kingdom of God. And indeed, there are there are last who will be first, and there are first who will be last. Everything isn't the way it looks like it is right now. You know, we can get frustrated. Sometimes I say, God, how is it that that person is prospering the way they are? You know what? They will for a while. But where we're going, streets are made of gold. You know? Now, he can take us to greater prosperity right now, but we have to be liberated from what we're feeling right now about around us. Or we can be put into fear. And it becomes a giant for us. And God's saying I want you to kill that giant. I want you to be prosperous. I want you to be overcoming here in this earth too. But till you get liberated from its power and its, and its size. Amen. But he says. How things look right now. Are not the way they're going to be. And it's very important. That, it, that what comes doesn't come. And you're on the other side of it wanting to have gotten in. Does that make sense? Did I go? I don't. So here, here's partly what I'm seeing on this. And I, uh, you know, because Jesus is making like, this isn't a, a, a vastly popular thing. We had a pastor that we went to a church and his he, great pastor, really, I mean, well-renowned. But his, his father passed away, and his father wasn't living for the Lord, and so he decided that the Lord was going to take everybody to heaven with him, in spite of what Jesus says. Because universally saved, everybody. That's how powerful grace is. But Jesus didn't say that. He said, you have to go through a small area that's not going to be popular, and everybody's not going to get to go. So... I believe in the goodness of God. I believe that he, he desires to draw everybody to himself. But I don't want to miss out because I'm trying to get a loophole to do something in this earth that is so... I've had those things. I know we all have. Things that we choose to do because our flesh is telling us to and it's like we're choosing that instead of holiness. And God's saying, I, I, you don't have to. God's heart, he's going out to us every day. He's not one to condemn us. It's not condemnation for, no, it's, it's the separation that it causes. And wow, it keeps us from him. Amen? Let's keep going. So connected life will be unashamed and aware of the ultimate destination. Mark 8, 34. When he 
had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake in the gospels will save it. For what will profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is Jesus talking. This is the coach telling us the way. Telling us how to be prepared. Amen? He said, this this part is up to you. You're going to have to get your own Apple Watch. I was going to say iPhone or iWatch. It's actually an Apple Watch. You're going to have to get your, and you're going to have to start making some choices yourself. Amen? Nobody else gets to make this choice for you. You get to decide whether you're ashamed of me or not. What you choose to do with your life. Amen? All right, let's keep going. This is good though, right? So we have to be prepared. Holiness is a part of that. We're not going to be connected. We're not even going to make the destination according to Jesus. Oh, man, we could spend some time on that. I, I believe God has, has, pre, has made other ways. <laughs> but I don't want to find another way. I, I want to live in him right now. Amen? We don't have to miss out on anything from, from this moment. We can have eternal life. We can have holiness in our life right now. Amen? <clears throat> to pursue what seems right is death. So here's the way to do it. We're going to have to let go. And we saw that last passage that actually talked about that. I, I, again, I had visions of our quarterback coming into the first coaches meeting. And he said, okay, I'm going to have to let go of my opinion of how to do things. And I'm going to have to take on something else. And this is one of the biggest challenges we have in our life because most of us have an ego. Most of us think that we know how to do something. And God's saying... You're going to have to let go of everything if you're going to let me take you to where you need to go. For you to fulfill your purpose, to connect with me, you're going to have to li- listen to what I have to say. Proverbs 14, 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. So if we're going to do, so we got, we got the destination, we got the preparation, but now we're going to actually have to do some things. We're going to have to live the rest of our life on this earth. We're not going to just keep from doing other things, but we're going to have to do things by the Spirit that take us to a fulfilled purpose. God has a plan for our life. Amen? And so we're going to have to understand that what seems to me is no longer going to be a determining factor of what I'm going to choose to do. (laughs) The, The seems factor is always the most perilous one. Because we can actually be successful in what seems right to us. And we can get very confident of that. We built our life. We built the business. We built a family. We built these things. And we can say, well, this is what seems right to me when it comes to something about what God's telling us to do. And your little seamer will never come up close to what God says. Amen? And it might not look like death right now, but it's going to death. The way will not win the polls. Or, or I already gave that one to you. That, wasn't that a good one? All right. Matthew 7, 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there many there be that go there. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. So there's a necessity for us to determine, I'm going to go the way that's not easy to my flesh so that I can find the way that God's going to give me. You know what? He doesn't even start speaking to us until we choose his way. He speaks to us to come. He compels us to come. And when we come, we lay down our life. Now he can begin to tell us where to go. He can give us the way to go. From the Father alone, what to do. John 5, 19. Don't you like Jesus? What a great example. He never went on what seemed right to him. You know, sometimes you say, well, only Jesus could have lived holy the way he did. No, he lived holy because he had a relationship with his father. He was connected to his father. He said, I don't do anything unless I can see my father doing it. You know, this is a very good example for me. If I want to decide whether I'm going to do something or not, do I see my father doing that? Even my natural father? 
If, I can't, if you can't see your father doing it, especially your holy father, it's not going to be something you can do. But not only not do, but do. He's going to show you what to do. You know, I had a, I had a, a guitar instructor. And uh, as good as he was, he had a, he had a um, his right hand, he had a, a nervous issue where his, his middle finger would just kind of, he couldn't control it. And uh, so he could tell me what to do, but he couldn't show me what to do. There's something different about showing. And I had a master class come in where there was this, this master guitar player, and man, he started letting me have it. But he could show me how it should be done. And now I could emulate that. God says, I, 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 wanna, I don't want to just tell you what to do. I'm going to show you what to do. Amen? Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. The things that God does are impossible for other people. Amen? He does things in a huge way. So what he's calling us to on the way to this destination that we're liberated to follow in is a way that will make people marvel. Make us marvel. Has God made you marvel about something in your own life? Amen? And he'll continue that as we follow that way that he gives us. He doesn't, he doesn't want to take us in a way of, of, of defeat. He doesn't lead us into defeat and destruction and death. He leads us to life, abundance, amen? But where is that? That is, if, that is if we give ourselves completely to him. Not trying to say, well, this isn't how somebody else does it or this isn't what I think should be done. No, we submit ourselves completely to him and we become like Joseph, right? <laughs> we have some opportunities to do some other things or to get offended or to, to get sucked up into other things and we say, no, this is what God's given me. This is my destination. It, there's a dream he's given me that I'm going to go to and I'm not going to let anything get in my way. I'm going to keep pursuing that. Yes. Amen? And then God shows up and does, does amazing things through you because you're able to hear his voice talking because you weren't listening to another voice. Yeah. Amen? I normally don't talk this fast, but we got to get through this, all right? So he becomes our constant coach. John 16, 13. Don't you like this? So we talked about this last week. We have a spirit that's made us one. Here's the, the amazing thing, and this is why it's such an incredible gift. Jesus said, I have to go away so this comforter can come. When do you need a comforter? I need one all the time. I'm just, I, call me a... You know, a weakling or something. I like to have a comforter all the time. I finally got to be home with my wife. I just go up and go, ah, it's so wonderful. That's, that's not all he's, he's about, but, but, but I could not have that feeling when I was up in Colorado and she was here. Something that you only get when you're connected. Right? So, so, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I'm going to have to give you something because I, as a, as a physical being, need to leave. But I'm going to leave my spirit. And my spirit is more powerful than my body. My body's just a shell. Man, I, I'm getting some revelation on this. You know, y'all have wonderful bodies, but they're just shells. They're body to, uh, suits, you know, or earth suits, you know. We get to, <laughs> and, and you know, we can take it up with whoever was planning our particular entrance into the world when we get to heaven. Maybe Jesus might have delegated that to somebody else and go, now, why couldn't I look more like, anyway, not, let's not go there. Okay. But what we have been given, he said, is a way for me to never leave you. For me to be someone that is not just cuddly, but as a coach. I'm there to be with you all the time. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, 
He will not just be there. He will not just make you feel cozy and warm and wonderful. And you don't just turn on the, uh, the, the worship music so that you can escape the world somehow. No. <laughs> He's going to give you a way to attack the world. Attack the giant. Attack the mountain. He's going to guide you. He's going to be that coach that turns you into a mustached wonder boy to somebody that's on a team that's winning. Amen? He's not going to guide you all by yourself. He's going to guide you into the body, into the team. That's what he's going to do. He doesn't lead you off to isolation. He leads you into coordination. Amen? Coming together. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Amen? He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I say to you, he will take of mine and declare it to you. Isn't this amazing? So this Father that has thoughts to prosper us and to, to bless us, who's prepared a place before us that we are, have as a destination. He said, now I'm going to come and I'm going to be with you all the time. <laughs> that coach that's going to take off next year, that's not me. I'm here. Jesus said, in the world you have tribulation, but what? Be glad. Be cheerful. <laughs> you know, my dad... <laughs> My dad told me the story real quick. <laughs> I don't remember the details exactly, but he, he, he went to this place in, in this, uh, this, I think it was when we were in Burlington. He, he went to this, uh, this gentleman that just started berailing him. And it was for him being a, a pastor. And um, you know, really putting him down. And uh, he said, I, I went home and he was doing a jig and laughing and having a good time coming through the door. And they said, what happened? Well, I just got the same thing that Jesus got. That means I'm connected. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So we can go through, we, we can count it all joy when we're going through something. And in fact, that can be an indicator of how much we're connected and how much we're, our destination is determined. Amen. Now, not to be condemned, but to be prompted. Okay, let's get back connected. If we're going, if we're going through something, we, we do. They're very real. I'm not coming against them. I'm not saying don't be, don't be, because we get, we get hit. You know, I've, I've, sometimes I said, but I can't help it. I got arrows sticking out of me. I can't help it. You know, sometimes we go through that. But God says, I want to be here for you. And, and, and isolation is not the, the medication you need. Being connected and being joined is how you will get your supply for everything you need. <laughs> All right. Are you doing good? All right. When destination is fixed, direction, we get direction at every turn. I like Isaiah 30, 30, 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way walking it. Who's he talking to? Somebody that's listening to all the other voices, the voices of the stranger, the one that's causing them to be upset, the one that's causing them to be in fear. It's definitely not mainstream media. Oh, sorry. Uh, but how are you going to be able to hear him speak? How is he going to be that voice behind you that at every turn he wants to have something to say about it? Amen? When your destination is in the right place, and your preparation has been taken care of. Now you can begin to hear the voice of the master, of the coach. Amen? And he can tell you the way to go at when he becomes your life. When you've laid down your life. When you're not saying, but this, but that. Now you're just saying yes. Amen? Isn't this good? John 17, 24. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be what? With me. This is the destination part of this. Where I am. That they may behold my glory which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. This is Jesus' passion. He said if they can only see where they're going. If you could only see that what's right in front of you is not your end. 
If, if you see that what's right in front of you is, is such a, a terrible thing, because that's what we, we get so upset about what we're going through right now. We don't realize that there's another place beyond that. Amen? And this is Jesus' passion, that we'll be together. Until this is reality to us, we live as if it's not. Right? 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. The destination of our connected way. And this is the final one here. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. I want to end on this, that this is where we're going to. Amen? But there needs, coupled with that, there needs to be this understanding that we don't just get to have wonderfulness without meeting him. We have to recognize that there's going to have to be some preparation. And this isn't just for somebody else. This is me. Yeah. Amen? He says to be holy for I am holy. Why? Because you don't get to go through that little door <laughs> unless you're prepared for it. Amen? Yeah. Is this not encouraging enough for us today? Yeah. Actually, it's good. I'm speaking to the choir. I know I'm just renewing what you're already doing, but if you're like me, I'm in this body that's always trying to, to, to get me consumed with things of this earth. Get me to overwhelmed with these things. Get, get me to listen to what my flesh has to say about something. Get me into strife. Get me into intoxication. Get me into, <laughs> you know. And God's saying, I have such a better way for you if you can just see where you're going. Amen. And connect with me. Hear my voice. Care more about what I'm saying than what the world's saying. Let it make a difference in your choices. Amen. Can we stand up? Let's just make some declarations together. Can we do this? I'm telling you, you know, that one passage we were looking at says, and be sober in your mind. I don't know about you, but my mind can just take off with things and I can get in. My emotions will follow where my mind has taken me. And it's like, oh, but I'm here already and I can't get out of it. And God's saying, no, that, that's intoxication with stuff that's not even true. The Spirit's come to give us truth and not to just give it to us, but guide us into it. Where does that come from? It comes from what we're going to do right now. The mind has to be rechanneled. Our minds have been channeled in a way of depression, destruction, oppression, fear, strife, discouragement. We get in a pattern of thinking that, and that's just the way things seem to us. So we fall into it as if it's that, that's who we are. And what we've been given in Christ, that's not who we are anymore. We've been made a new creation in him. But our minds have to be readjusted. So what we're doing right now is, is not just a, a vain repetition. It's something that our hearts have already received today. I believe we received it. Everybody received the truth from the word today. Amen. Isn't it good? But it's not enough to just receive it. Jesus says, let's do something with it. Let's let it change who we are. I'm amazed every time we come together, we can act like it's the most important thing that we've ever heard. Or we can walk out and say, I, what was that again? And not be changed by it. The way we're changed by it is when it becomes our meditation. We allow the truth of what God said to now be a voice in us that directs us to a better place. Amen? All right, let's say this together. My heart is drawn to know and be with the one who laid down his life for my salvation. This needs to be a passionate part of our heart. Let's don't go to just what we should do and not do. Let's talk about the one we're doing it for. The one we're going to be with. Amen? Let's say this again. My heart is drawn to know and be with the one who laid down his life for my salvation. Is this true? How often do we actually think on this? How often do we actually think on it? Because it doesn't, be, it doesn't become something that actually exudes from you. Unless you're actually thinking on it a little bit. We're not trying to make this happen. 
We're recognizing what's already happened in Christ. Amen? I desire to know him. To not just know him, I desire to be with him. Did you know that some people don't want to, sorry about that, don't, some people don't, aren't excited about Jesus coming back. It's like, but I got a lot to do here on this earth. You know, I, I don't care if I, I got a lot to do in Colorado. I want to go be with my wife. All right. Let's say this next one. In him, I have been provided with everything for life and godliness and am able to do all things through Christ. This, there needs to be an understanding that I don't just know him from afar and, 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 and bless him from afar. I bless him for who he's become in me. Amen? Oh, let's say this next one. I set my heart to be continually mindful of his presence as I prepare by grace in holiness for when I will see him face to face. Oh, that's powerful, isn't it? Do not try to do this on our own. It's by grace by the power of God but when we yield to it his grace is released and we're enabled to walk in holiness and be prepared for his presence I don't want to show up in, in his presence and have all this junk that my heart is overwhelmed with amen I don't want to be embarrassed I don't want to say can you wait just a little bit let's say this next one as I am one with him in spirit I am attentive to the sound of his voice, directing it every turn. I joyfully forsake my own way to be connected to the way of the Father and its amazing eternal destination. Hallelujah. Father, we.